0: Everyone and welcome to another episode of Catch Me Outside. Before I get to today's show, I want to shout out a couple of listeners who've reached out to me recently to say that the show has inspired them to hike or plan to hike some trails, like the West Coast Trail, the Juan de Fuca, and the Sunshine Coast Trail. And I'm thinking particularly about Erica and Liam. I love to hear when episodes profiling trails get people psyched to hike them, um, or or episodes on any topic get people you know really uh, excited or curious about that topic such as like winter backpacking or um, mountain biking or what have you. Uh, If you have a similar story to share please let me know by reaching out via the Catch Me Outside podcast Instagram or emailing catchmeoutsidepod at gmail.com. I decided to do something a little different for this week's episode, profiling the Saguenay Fjord Trail and Jacques Cartier National Park, which are both in Quebec. Earlier this month, I took a field recorder with me on a 2200 kilometer road trip to the fjord and back and recorded some dispatches from the trail as I hiked it. I even managed to interview some fellow hikers one rainy evening as we huddled inside a shelter together. I'll start this episode with some background about the parks and the trip, and then roll the dispatches. If you listen to this episode and have any feedback, I'd love to hear it, positive or negative. If people like this format, I can already think of some long trails I'd like to cover the same way in the not too distant future. Okay, so the Fjord Trail is a 41 kilometer backpacking trail located along the north shore of the Saguenay Fjord in Quebec. it's, uh, it's located within Saguenay Fjord National Park and maintained by CPAC, uh, Quebec's Provincial Park Service. The portion of the Saguenay River that flows through the fjord is comprised mostly of seawater, since the fjord opens up into the mouth of the St. Lawrence River, near where the river meets the Atlantic Ocean. The fjord has high and low tides and is home to five species of whales, uh, including belugas, which are there year-round. Lucky hikers can spot some of these from the trail. The trail takes hikers from the shore of the river, through forests, and up over the hills and peaks that lie along the fjord. It's only 41 kilometers, but don't kid yourself. Some sections are technical and make for very slow going, as you will hear later in this episode. The fjord trail is not free to hike, and you need to reserve campsites or shelters with CPAC. Accommodations include tent sites with uh, tent platforms. Three-walled shelters and chalets with up to twelve beds, a kitchen, and a wood stove. My first stop on this road trip was Jacques Cartier National Park, which, despite its name, is a provincial park also maintained by CPEC. I spent a night there before finishing the drive to Tadoussac, and then another night there on my way back to Toronto. Uh, of course, it's it's also in Quebec, in case that's not obvious. Jacques Cartier National Park is nestled within the Jacques Cartier River Valley and among the Laurentian Mountains. It was established in 1981 by the government of Quebec on the traditional territories of the Innu and the Huron-Wendat. In fact, basically all of the places where I camped and hiked on this trip are the traditional territories of the Innu and the Huron-Wendat. The mission in creating the park was to protect wildlife in the lac Jacques Cartier Massif from developments like a proposed hydro dam. The Massif is basically the highest mountain range in the Laurentian Mountains. The park boasts about 100 kilometers of hiking trails, kayaking and canoeing opportunities, 114 campsites, 9 cabins, and 5 yurts. Views pretty much anywhere along the river valley are stunning, with a ribbon of mountains stretching back pretty much as far as you can see. After my first night at Jacques Cartier National Park, I drove the rest of the way to Tadoussac, the sort of natural starting point for a hike in the Saguenay Fjord, or specifically a hike of the Fjord Trail. From the park or from Quebec City, you can either drive through the Laurentides uh, Wildlife Preserve to the town of Saguenay, cross the Saguenay River there, and drive down the fjord to Tadoussac, or you can drive along the St. Lawrence River and cross the Saguenay River at its widest point via a ferry, a free ferry, which will drop you off in Tadousac. To get to the trail, you can either start at the eastern terminus in Tadousac, uh, hike west, or start at the western terminus and hike east. It's a linear trail though, so um, if you have one vehicle, you'll need to arrange a vehicle shuttle or a ride to one of the trailheads with a local business like the Tadoussac Hostel, um, which is also in French uh, known as Auberge de Jeunesse de Tadoussac. There's free parking in the CPAC lot across the road from the eastern terminus of the trail in Tadoussac. Aside from the eastern and westernmost ends, there are a few other entry points along the trail that you can research if you don't want to hike the full 41 kilometers. The town of Tadousac itself is super cute, hospitable, um, with lots of restaurants and pubs. Uh, I stopped at the Bistro de la Baille both before and after my hike because it was right on the water with a nice patio and it offered a gorgeous view of the harbor and the Bay of Tadousac. If you can build a full day into your itinerary to spend in Tadousac, uh, some businesses there run whale spotting tours that I hear are worth checking out, though I ran out of time to do so. Alright, so with all of that said, I'm Megan Dallaire, this is Catch Me Outside, and here are my dispatches from the Saguenay Fjord Trail. National Park after driving about 850 kilometers. It took me about nine hours with stops uh, to get here from Toronto, although the park is about three hours from Montreal so if you're flying um, that's that's the closest international airport I believe. So so yeah, I got in my car at 8 this morning And uh, had a very uneventful drive I'm here in the park it's gorgeous Um, it's kind of nestled among all of these mountains Uh, I mean I'm not sure how big they are (laughs) uh, relative to say the Rockies but they're a lot bigger than anything we have in Ontario it's uh, or anything I've seen in Ontario anyway so I'm at the campground there are drive-in sites and walk-in sites. I've got a walk-in site. So yeah, I've just heated up some dinner, a little trail burrito. I'll post the recipe for that actually in the episode notes because it's one of my favorite meals. It's probably kind of hard to take like on a through hike because you'd you'd want to pack some either fresh or dehydrated beans, tomatoes, peppers. Um, uh, That's pretty much it. But it's It's one of my favorite meals, so I just put all that together and heated it up with some cheese and I'm gonna eat that with some whole wheat tortillas. Yeah, I'll post the recipe and then after that, sun doesn't set for a few hours, so I will probably do a little exploring i'm I think I'm parked for the night, but um I'm not far from the Jacques Cartier River, which is kind of the the at the the heart of this park. Um, The park runs along either side of the river and then along the river are these gorgeous mountains. It's really beautiful. So the trip is off to a good start. There are many black flies here, not quite as many as in Northern Ontario, but more than in Southern Ontario (laughs) and some mosquitoes. So I have uh, slathered myself in bug spray and yeah. My plan was to, uh, I packed lunches and dinners for each day of my fjord hike, and, uh, and I figured I would just get some fast food or something on the way into the park, but I was making good time. I didn't know what the closest fast food place to the park would be, and I didn't bother checking. So now I'm eating one of my trail lunches, but I always pack extra food, so it's gonna be just fine. And if it's not, I'll eat my words later when I have nothing else to eat. But yeah it's a beautiful day. It's Monday, first day of my trip. Tomorrow I will drive to Tadoussac. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to go back the way I came in the car and and go the south way which is at, like via the mouth of the Saguenay River um, and you take a ferry from the side that I'm on across to the town of Tadusak, or the alternate route is to go um, north of, go basically straight, I guess, uh, let's see, yeah, straight north of here, up highway 175, up highway 175 to Saguenay, and then I can take the highway down the fjord if I want to, so two routes. To get to Tatoussac from here. Tatoussac is at the southern terminus of the fjord trail Um, and I'm heading there because I'll be able to drop my car off in a parking lot and take a shuttle from a hostel near the parking lot up to the western terminus. I guess I just said southern terminus of the trail but really it goes from west to east so yeah the eastern terminus of the trail is where I'm going to park my car and then get a shuttle to the western terminus so I don't know how much of that makes sense but uh, basically I'm on track everything's good I've got lots of food this park is absolutely stunning Um, I'd like to come and spend more time just just here it's it's really gorgeous. The mountains are I'm I'm so in awe of them because they're unlike anything that we have in Ontario. And uh kind of they kind of make me think of hiking on the Sunshine Coast. Anyway, I'm going to eat my dinner now and go for a little walk and maybe I'll check in later or maybe not. All right, good morning. So Yes, it's day two of the Quebec road trip. I am in Jacques Cartier National Park. I'm not at my campsite anymore. I woke up at about five, packed up. Um, There's a road in this park that goes about 16 kilometers into this valley. Um, I guess it's actually kind of two valleys because there are two rivers. The... Um, Jacques Cartier River and the Sautariski River so yeah um, the road goes like 16 kilometers in alongside these rivers and there are all these mountains as you go along so I got up this morning, packed up drove down the road a little, found a picnic table with a really nice view and I just made some chia pudding, instant chia pudding situation by a Canadian company called Chia Amigos. They don't sponsor me. I just picked up their chia pudding thing at a at an outdoor uh, outdoor outdoor adventure conference thing. Sorry, I haven't had coffee yet, um, and it's pretty tasty. So yeah, I'm just sitting here. My sleep last night was okay. I went to bed as the sun was setting, which is always nice when I'm camping, and I could hear the, the birds and the owls eventually. Um, and my quilt, my Enlightened Equipment quilt, was very comfortable. It kept me warm all night, even even though there was frost on the ground in the morning. And I was very comfortable when I went to bed, but. My brand new sleeping pad, inflatable sleeping pad, has a slow leak. So, twice in the night, I had to blow a few puffs of air into it. And um, I'd prefer not to do that from my lungs because that air is moist and can cause mold to grow. But. I didn't really have a choice. My garbage bag was packed away in my backpack. My, my compactor bag has the little um, inflator attachment. So the sleeping pad is like a, what is it? I can't remember right now if it's Nemo or or what. But anyway, it's, it comes with a self-inflating bag and I didn't want to carry that. So, well, I mean, I keep it in a little bag, but not the one it came with. So I took the the little attachment off that connects to the bag to, sell, to to inflate the sleeping pad and I attached it to the corner of my compactor bag so I can use the compactor bag to blow it up very easily but anyway long story short I had to blow a few puffs of air into it overnight and uh, it wasn't good <laughs> this morning I inspected it for holes the good news is the, the The hole causing the leak is so small I can't even see it, but that's also the bad news because I can't fix it and I don't know if I'm going to have a chance to stick it in a bathtub with soapy water or something like that. So I guess I'm just going to have to uh, wake up and inflate it each night until I get back home and can figure something out, but that's fine, I'll probably wake up to pee anyway. Otherwise I slept quite well and I'm pretty rested from Jacques Cartier National Park. It's about three hours and 45 minutes to Tadoussac. I'm going to take the southernmost route. My ferry, or sorry, not my ferry, my shuttle departs the uh, hostel in Tadoussac Mm, East. Around I can't remember if it's noon or 1, but I'll be there before noon at any rate. It's uh, almost 7 here. I'm just about to eat breakfast. Sitting by the river and staring at this mountain. There are geese flying overhead. And then I'll get on the road. And there's some really great hiking here um, at Jacques Cartier. So I think if I have time at the end of my fjord hike, um, since I am spending another night here after, I think I might try to come early and, and hit one of the hiking trails. They go up over, up to the top of some of the mountains, and uh, I guess they, they have some pretty nice views. So I think I'll try that. But yeah, this park is stunning. One one complaint I have, and, and maybe this is why I sprung a leak last night. It's a little bit weird, but some of the drive-in Like the car camping sites have a nice sandy tent pad to put your presumably freestanding tent on, or or ultralight tent, but they are drive-in sites. The hike-in sites, I I used a hike-in site. There was a parking lot nearby. I didn't have to walk far. But the hike-in sites that I saw were were just gravel and like really rough gravel too. so I was really hard pressed to find a spot for my tent that wasn't on top of a bunch of really pointy rocks even though I tried to kind of sweep them out of the way um so yeah it might be worth somehow if you're if you're planning to come here um trying to make sure you get a site that has a sandy tent pad or a soil tent pad because the the gravel was pretty brutal but yeah anyway I'm gonna eat my breakfast now and catch you later Alright, so this is the sound of rain on the roof of an open air, on the tin roof of an open air wooden shelter, which is my first camping spot of this hike. I've arrived, I've set up my shelter inside the shelter, because it's quite buggy, and Although I'm protected from the rain, I I don't want to wake up covered in mosquito bites. So yeah. When I reserved my sites... So, let's go back a step. You have to reserve campsites along Lafjord Fjord Trail. You... Presumably you can do it online, but I I had a hard time figuring out how because I don't speak French and maybe Google Translation wasn't doing such a great job. So I called to make my reservations. This is a hut-to-hut trail, so there are several really fancy furnished cabins that you can rent for not that much, like $35 a night Canadian if, if you wish and you don't necessarily have to bring a shelter. I wanted to camp, so I opted for campsites. It just so happens that there there is also at least one open air rudimentary shelter on this trail, and that happens to be the one that my customer service rep booked me into. Um, the idea was that It's a it's a it's an eight-kilometer hike from the trailhead from the western trailhead to where I am, and my shelter tonight is called Abri Trois Murs de Cedres. So I think it means shelter of three cedars. So that's my first shelter. That's my first stop. So, yes, you, you need to book accommodations. Um, when you enter the park, staff will ask you if you have a reservation. I don't know if you can get in without stopping at the gate, so be sure to book your reservation. Um, the shelter slash campsites weren't much less than than the cabins. But again, if you want more of a camping experience, more of a back, rustic backpacking experience, go with uh, go with the campsites. I passed a few campsites at the very start of the trail that were really lovely, with a gorgeous view of the fjord, and they had these little boxes with fire, dry firewood in them. I don't know if that's something that you have to arrange in advance, or or if it's just a benefit. Um, at that campground, because that was, like I said, right at the start of the trail. And I think it's associated with the, it's like, it's a maybe like a, it's a more public campground (laughs) is what I'm trying to say. I don't think it's really catering to people who are planning to hike the full trail. So anyway, these are your accommodation options. Um, uh, the shelter has a platform. I mean, the 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 open air shelter that I'm in has a platform, and I believe my campsite tomorrow also has a platform. I have a freestanding tent, so that's a little tricky. And if you have a freestanding tent, you might be thinking about, you know, how how to work how to work with that. Um, I've pitched my tent on rock and gravel, um, you kind of just figure it out. You either find rocks to hold your tent pegs down, as opposed to sticking your tent pegs into the ground. Um, With a platform like this one, you can maybe tie off your guy lines. Uh, There's a skippy jar of little nails and screws in this shelter, and I'm noticing lots of nails and screws. All around hither and thither so you know I actually found it pretty easy to to put up my my shelter in here I've got my gossamer gear the one and uh, yeah it's pitched I'm dry all my things are dry I can be dry while I'm cooking I wasn't I don't know I was kind of indifferent about the idea of staying in a in a An open-air kind of like three-walled shelter but I'm really glad I did because it's raining pretty heavily it it drizzled all the way up here Um, never enough that I felt I needed to put on my raincoat but five minutes after I got here it started to rain heavily so so yeah um, how did I get here well it was an eight kilometer hike like I said it was uh, the the hike if you're if you're starting at the western trailhead at by by saint marguerite sorry for my lack of a french accent um you will you'll drive into the park and the trailhead is right by the information center there's there's like a a little information center check-in place with a gift shop and some happy yak pouches and whatnot. Oh, one moment. So um, I'm sitting here with Sarah and Nicola. Um, I ended abruptly earlier when I was, when I was recording because they, they arrived as, as a fun, like great surprise that now I'm not here alone. Um, so they're here, and we all just had dinner together. And Sarah and Nicola are from uh, the Canary Islands, yeah, and and friends. And, friends. and w- sorry, Bordeaux. where Bordeaux, Yes, Bordeaux. okay. So um, yeah, so this is your. You were saying this is your last night on the trail. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, um, what have been well, do you remember what were the names of the places where you slept before here? Yes. I'm
1: going to look at that. Yeah. Sure, yeah. We are
2: taking we decided to make like the trail in 4 days and 3 nights. Yeah. We knew we could do it in 3 but we preferred to take a little longer and Make shorter days and kilometers. Yeah, and so the first night we stayed at um, yeah. the camping Eh Abri Trois Murs en Salaboule. Okay. And the second, second night, night was
1: um, camping Pointe à Pass
0: Right, which is where I'm going to be tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. and, and then here and here today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, what's been your favorite spot so far to camp? Mm. Mm.
2: I I think my favorite f- favorite spot was the first one, Lance à la Boule. Uh, the Abri Trois Murs has really an incredible view mm. uh, to the fjord. You mm. can really s- see the water and the the falaise. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, the cliffs. It's <coughs> incredible. The view is amazing. And the spots for the tents are also incredible. You have like less view than from the Abri de but it's really still
1: very good. I mean, at this camp, I don't know if you will say that, but if you follow the track down the Abri de uh it's very little sleepy and um, you have a cliff, but you have a beautiful view without the tree and well, a very beautiful. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay okay gorgeous I I can't wait to see it <laughs> and so um, how did you learn about this this trail mm. at
2: the beginning we were like uh, we didn't know what to do after our license our biology license and we knew we wanted to like visit and make new things, and I wanted to go to Saguenay uh, to visit a friend, and then I talked about that uh, to Nicola, and it was then that... because Nicola once uh, did a tiny part of the trek. Yeah, I was so here
1: in Nauten with friend, and uh, I heard of this trail, so oh. I was really, really want to come back here and do the, the trail for...
0: Yeah. Okay, so so you yeah. you hiked a small section of it in the fall. Yeah. Which um,
1: is,
0: uh, yeah. yeah, and and you've been here since August.
1: Yep. Yeah, right.
0: So. Yeah. And Sarah, you've been here since January. January. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so and it's now you're both finished. Yeah. Now we're oh. finished. And you both studied
2: biology. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm okay. specialized in marine biology.
1: And me just biology ecology. Ecology
0: biology okay ecology a. that's so cool okay. And so, um, what other hiking, you were telling me that you've done some other hiking in Canada, what, what other hiking have you done here?
1: Personally, I do some, I've done some hiking in, uh, in the winter. I don't remember the name, but that was in Gaspésie. <coughs> <coughs> and um, it was quite a f- fun track actually, because we have some very issues in another group that we lost. And I remember oh, wow. we walked seven hours in the dark <laughs> by uh, minus, minus, minus 40 degrees. 40 so yeah. <laughs> that was very fun. That
2: was fun? N- now that everyone is okay. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs>
1: know, but we call full time 911 <laughs> to try to locate it the other group that we lost. Wow. And uh, this was quite nice. So.
0: Wow.
2: <laughs> I mean... I think I've done other tracks in, in, in Gaspésie, but now, uh, like a month ago, and um, in the Forillon Park, it's really incredible, the mm-hmm. views are amazing, and if you go, to, like, it's a, a trek that it's called um, Le Mont Saint-Alban, it's really good, it's just yeah. a tiny, uh, it's like five kilometers, so it's really, mm. everyone can do it, and then you, uh, when you go to the top, there's a big structure that in uh, wood structure. Ooh. You go up there, and from there you have a like a 300, uh, 300 360, 360 view on, 360 on view everything. On everything. Oh. So you see uh, the um, uh, Le Rocher Percé that is um, a little bit far away. Uh, you see all the Forillon Park. You can see Gaspésie. So it's really an wow. incredible view if you go when well then you know it's it's not cloudy and there's no clouds and everything is really sunny you can yeah. see everything and it's really beautiful oh
0: that sounds amazing mm. wow i'm on the wrong side of the mm. river yeah. i guess right now. <laughs> but there's a pretty so um i guess we're going in opposite directions so tomorrow you'll hike where i hike today and yes. vice versa there's a pretty nice uh lookout a few kilometers like a two kilometers into the trail maybe Mm -hmm. um it's like a beluga lookout i didn't see any belugas but um it's right before the trail stops being very like easy and groomed (laughs) and uh it's it's really neat you can walk down to the walk like to the beach
2: um
0: yeah so that's pretty cool i hope i hope that's nice for you um and uh what's what's been your best meal so far this week (laughs)
2: Best uh, maybe
1: meal. last night because um, oh, yeah. last night we encountered a group of kayakers. Uh, yes. And uh, this group, um, they were like fifteen. Yeah, fifteen, and they cooked very well and they gave us mm. so some of the meal and that was yeah. very very good. Oh, nice! <laughs> I don't know to. <coughs> it's a um,
2: beetroot uh, salad with oh. like uh, goat cheese. Yeah olives and a little bit of er- herbs and it was really amazing that yeah. they were really um, they had a lot of equipment and a lot of food because they were cooking for 15 people yeah so it, it was really organized and everything so they they had like a plus so they gave us it was really nice of them to to do that
0: that's that's so that's so great. It's so um serendipitous like yeah. the timing. Mm.
2: Um
0: yeah. if you had <laughs> if you were going to give any advice to somebody who might want to hike this trail, um what advice would you give
1: them?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Buy anti mosquitoes Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Something for the mosquitoes.
2: Yeah, something yeah. for the mosquitoes, but then just um, <coughs> the views are amazing. There's like a lot of um spots like you know every time that you do like a a top that you have to really get it get (laughs) up to it and it's really hard but then you always be like mm, rewarded rewarded yeah that's (laughs) the word by the view because I I was like I thought the um, the trail uh went. Mm, a little bit like n- next to the fjord but mm, a lot of times we're more in the woods yeah which is amazing yeah but uh, then like it was great it was also great to have these points of view where you can really see the, the water and the cliffs and everything
0: yeah it's it's, it's incredible. N- <laughs> <laughs> nice when you realize like how far mm-hmm. how how mm. far you've climbed and yeah. then you get to have the view yeah and yeah. the camping
2: where you will be tomorrow it's at the uh, level of the water. Oh
0: cool. Yeah,
2: so you can see the oh. cliffs from down uh, like downside. Yeah. And then other campings are from upside. So it's really cool to oh, have these two views. Cool.
0: Yeah, high high up and then like down close yeah. to the water. Um that's so cool. All right. And yeah, the mosquitoes
2: are <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Intense. They're, uh, they're a thing. I think I got bit on the foot while we've been sitting yeah. here talking.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've been seeing them flying around. I think mm-hmm. it's really important to have strong uh, anti mosquitoes, as yeah. you said before, so you can stop. Uh without being harassed yeah. by the clouds of <laughs> mosquitoes. <Those. laughs>
0: Definitely. Well yeah. you can have you can have some of mine again before <laughs> before you, you go I'm tomorrow. Just to get you the rest of the way out. <laughs> thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, well thank you so much for, for chatting with me. And thank uh, you. it's nice to have company. Yes. So <laughs> I guess I'll stop recording now. <laughs> okay, so the end of another day on the fjord trail last time i recorded was around this time yesterday a little bit earlier right before um my new uh, uh acquaintances friends <laughs> um sarah and nicola showed up uh, and we shared the shelter together so um, one one thing that I want to note, list, like after listening to yesterday's recording, I mentioned that I have a freestanding tent. What I meant to say was non-freestanding tent. I have a non-freestanding tent, um, which makes it tricky to, to pitch on platforms. Um, but now that I'm at my second campsite, I can say that there are lots of options for pitching a non-freestanding tent on the platforms here. I mentioned yesterday that the platform in the shelter where I camped yesterday had like a skippy peanut butter jar of sorry nails and screws and lots of nails in the walls and things like that so you know that came in handy and now at my site for this evening the platforms have like eyelet screws all around the the outsides god the mosquitoes are really bad here uh so yeah so you can make it work there are also rocks so yeah that is that um i'm just pulling up photos from today so i can just kind of go over because i didn't really do this yesterday what the actual trail is like um so i can tell you i can tell you right now it's super buggy like crazy crazy buggy after I eat I'm gonna have to go into my tent for the night I think um I'm covered in bug spray and it doesn't seem to matter um you know that's that's just one of the hazards I say every time (laughs) I'm not gonna camp I'm not gonna go backpacking in May or June I thought maybe it's different in Quebec but uh no and that probably explains why I haven't seen anyone on the trail today (gasps) I haven't seen anyone oh my god do you hear that <laughs> I haven't seen anyone since I said goodbye this morning all right soon I think I might have to pause recording and, and go into my eat my dinner and then go into my tent and keep recording but yeah I haven't seen anyone since Sarah and Nicola other than when I walked through this little village and I saw some very friendly local folks um so I imagine i I'm, I'm pretty sure this place is quite popular in the fall um when the bugs aren't so bad and the leaves are changing. Um, So yeah, Uh, I'm going to keep recording once I'm in my tent away from the bugs. Okay, so I've had dinner, I'm in my tent. It's later than I'd like, 1025. Tomorrow is gonna be a long day, so I'm gonna go to sleep right after this. Um, I think when I left off, I was about to get into what the actual trail is like. So, it's not very long. It's like 41 kilometers, um, linear. And, uh, yeah, it's it's not that long. There are a lot of campsites. Um, and some nice shelters it's pretty technical though there's a lot of up and down um, as you're hiking along the fjord Uh, looks like I'm gonna reach my highest elevation tomorrow at I mean it's it's not that high compared to a lot of trails but it's a lot in one day so that'll be 300 meters (laughs) could be a lot taller but yeah that'll be tomorrow Um, tomorrow's gonna be a bit of a long day with a lot of ups and downs anyway so yeah you're there's a lot of going up and down there's not a lot of hiking that's just sort of level Um, and the trail underfoot is very bumpy narrow rooty rocky muddy um you're kind of constantly watching your feet making sure that you're not slipping going going over a rock or a slippery route or something like that um there are a lot of sets of stairs not not ladders but you know steep stairs um Yeah, what else? Lots of bridges. There aren't, there aren't really many technical water crossings. Well, not really any technical water crossings. I haven't encountered a water crossing that I couldn't manage just by, like, rock hopping or, or otherwise there's a bridge. So, um, you don't really have to worry about, like, fording rivers so far. Uh, but yeah, the trail is, it's tough for 40 kilometers Oh, here comes the rain. It's pretty tough. Um, I wouldn't describe any of it really as like cruisy, except maybe the first, you know, like one or two kilometers um, as you start the trail. I think I mentioned yesterday, the first couple kilometers are really like um, sort of quite accessible to... To people who aren't hiking the entire trail, it, it's very nice. It's like level, groomed, um, but after about two kilometers, the the actual like real trail begins, and yeah, it's it's um, you've got to watch yourself. Uh, a lot of really steep ascents and descents, rocky ones, a lot of w- walking over. Sort of smooth. I'm not sure what type of rock it is here, um, but yeah, lots of um, pretty technical footing. Um, it's uh, fairly well marked. There isn't a standard. There isn't a standard blaze, that you see from start to finish. Um, sometimes there are neon pink ribbons sometimes yellow sometimes there are yellow square blazes one thing that there's a lot of which is really nice is um, signage markers for campsites or shelters that are coming up Um, and also distance markers I don't know whoops I don't know how accurate they are but there's a distance marker every well presumably every kilometer so from the beginning i think right now i'm at about kilometer 23 or 24 out of 41 so well over halfway down the trail um tomorrow will be a little bit shorter than today was but a lot more elevation right now i'm at about sea level um my campsite tonight is is really neat it's uh well okay so i guess i'm assuming that the park wants to protect the like the shoreline or 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 you know prevent erosion or something because all the sites here are on uh tent pads as i mentioned earlier um but uh they're they're pretty well equipped with islets for for pitching your tent anyway i'm basically at sea level uh the tide is I guess coming in when I arrived here the tide was still pretty low. Um so it's coming in now but before I pitched my tent I took a little walk like out this tiny peninsula that juts out into the water of the fjord and looked at some of the weird seaweed and looked for looked for some orcas didn't spot them. I'm not sure if it's the right time of year but just sort of took in the scenery. It's it's really gorgeous here. I'd like to think I can smell the salt water. I always think that when I'm near, when I'm near the ocean or, or near salt water. I'm not sure if I can actually smell it or not, but the effect is the same. It's just uh, it's really neat. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm sort of I'm at sea level. I'm overlooking the waters of the fjord. Um, very close to the water, above tide like high tide line though um because I'm on a platform where I'm supposed to be so uh yeah tomorrow um I'll be going from sea level to yeah the highest point on the trail so that's gonna be it's gonna be a long one um but I'm gonna I'll be able to start earlier this morning I didn't start until about 11 30 Um, because it, it just poured rain all morning and I had enough cell reception to know that it was supposed to sort of let up around noon. So I kind of got tired of waiting at 1130 and started walking and yeah, it was fine. Um, the rain wasn't too bad. It just meant, you know, I started later than I wanted to. I got here later and, and, uh, yeah, but tomorrow, whatever is in the forecast, I'm just going to get up and go. Um, because I know that at the end I I can get into my car and be dry and warm, and uh, drive back to Jacques Cartier, and car camp for a night, and then back to Toronto. Um, but uh, yeah, I will say I don't. It's not supposed to rain tomorrow, but if it does, another nice thing this camp spot that I'm at has is. Uh, an open-air, like, roofed sort of dining area, um, cooking area, so if I need to sort of take shelter in there in the morning to sort my things out, then, then that's an option. I think I was going to try to say the name of my, my little camping spot earlier, and the mosquitoes got to me, so, uh, Right, it's like Pierre Pierre Pas Point a la passe Pierre Point a la Pas Pierre. So yeah, that's where I met. It's uh around kilometer twenty three. And uh what else can I say? The trail's yeah, it's not very busy right now. Um, I think maybe it's just not well, for one thing. Uh, I think a lot of schools here are not out yet. So the young people are are still committed to their classes. Also, it's just... It's kind of rainy and buggy. Um, Maybe, like in Ontario, late August and September are sort of the best time to backpack. Um, Yeah. But, I mean, at least water is abundant. There hasn't been a point where I've had to carry more than, like, two smart water bottles full of water, so... That's been good, and I was able to stop and filter some water today uh, easily when I ran out of water, so yeah, it's good. It's um, I have the exact right amount of food. I swapped out my down um, puffy coat recently for a synthetic one, and I'm really glad I have it on this hike because everything's fairly damp and I know down doesn't insulate as well when it's wet um, so yeah although my my quilt is doing a really good job uh, maybe tomorrow I'll talk a little more about my gear but I guess just generally I'm wearing my Saucony Peregrine trail runners with some ankle gaiters uh, I've just been wearing shorts. I mean, when I get to camp, I put on pants because it's warmer. But when I'm hiking, I hike in shorts and a uh, tank top and a long sleeve shirt from Mech. And I have a Frog togs raincoat that's rain jacket that's done me pretty well. I wore it basically all day today. Uh, and uh, my Gossamer gear, the One Shelter, which has also held up very well my enlightened equipment um, I don't remember Revelation quilt maybe I'm not sure I think it's Revelation and my slightly leaky sea to summit insulated ultralight sleeping pad last night I didn't have to blow it up again until about 4 a.m. so it's it's, it's making it through most of the night I don't know if this is just like normal or if I've got a really really slow leak. Um, I guess I'll try to figure it out when I get home. But uh, oh, yeah, I had a sidekick for dinner tonight. I rarely ever resort to sidekicks, but I think I was just looking for something quick. But I had a delicious. Okay, so now I'm gonna talk about my meals so far because they've been they've been pretty good. All right, so yeah, sidekicks tonight sort of like the the low point (laughs) it was still delicious it was fine I added some freeze-dried asparagus that my friend's sister whipped up she's got like a freeze dryer anyway so yeah sidekicks tonight Um, earlier today I had tuna salad wraps which were actually pretty clutch so canned tuna or tuna pouches but I haven't been able to find those during the pandemic canned tuna with like little mayo packets that you would find at a fast food restaurant or a chip truck and um salt and pepper and i added some like balderson cheddar uh and i looked in town before i started the hike i i uh asked a few places have you a sachet de mustard? Do you have a, do you have a packet of mustard? <laughs> uh, nobody had one, so I didn't have any mustard to add to my tuna wrap, but I think if you added mustard to it and maybe a bit of hot sauce, it would be like, it would be pretty gourmet. Um, I enjoyed it. I ate that with tortillas, so I had that for lunch. Oh yeah, I had that at one of the, um, refuges, one of the like proper fancy enclosed shelters they've got like okay so you walk in and it's it's like a cabin it's bright lots of windows it's sort of like a cross between a cabin and and a hostel um in that like there are a bunch of rooms and each room has two bunk beds so I think I counted there were like six rooms 12 beds um there's a kitchen but there's no plumbing um and uh they're, they're beautiful, though. They're pretty warm and dry, and they've got a balcony, or several balconies overlooking the fjord, and uh, they're they're just unlocked. There was no one there when I went in, so that's where I had my tuna wraps. Um, last night, I had trail burrito, which is another recipe I really like. Anyway, I don't want to bore everyone. I think I already mentioned my trail burrito yesterday uh, and said something about putting putting the recipe in uh, in the show notes, so I'll do that as well as, I guess, for the maybe for the tuna wrap, but it's pretty straightforward. Anyway, um, I'm ready to pass out. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> um, it's it's going to be a long journey back to Toronto, but no regrets. Well, Good night. Okay, so I, it's, uh, it's what morning is it? It's the last morning of my hike. I think Thursday morning. Um, I actually slept very well last night Ugh, after I recorded. I don't remember having to inflate my sleeping pad again. So that's good news. Um, I slept a little later than I wanted to because I went to bed a little later. <clears throat> so I woke up at seven and I'm not sure what time it is right now. Cause I haven't looked at my phone in a while, but I've packed up my tent, um, <laughs> both this morning and yesterday, yesterday morning, I, I packed up the tent without remembering to take a photo of it. Um, and each night <clears throat> I either you know, pitched it pretty late or it was raining. So I haven't taken a single photo of my tent on this trail to prove that I actually slept in it, but you'll just have to take my word for it. Um, Yeah, so I packed up my tent. I filtered some water from this little waterfall. I had a hot breakfast because I'm one of those losers who actually boils water in the morning for oatmeal. And uh, just finished filtering water. And I'm gonna start hiking. Uh, There was no one else here last night. So yeah, it's been very solitary. Uh, Today's hike is about 16 kilometers, but as I mentioned yesterday, there's a lot of elevation. So we'll see what time I get out of here. But I don't think it's supposed to rain today, so that'll help. Um, Where I am right now is this lovely, timber open air shelter where I left my food and my cooking well I, I, I mean I, I hung my food but I left my cooking stuff overnight and made my food in the morning and uh yeah it's uh it's really nice very I don't know campy there's some <laughs> people have carved in the wood I see hike party and Dan Run, EC, oh no, Dan Rut, EC, and, uh, Eddie, 2011, so, you know, I'm kind of alone here, but don't quite feel alone, I guess. Uh, I don't know. It reminds me of La Cloche Silhouette Trail in the way that, like, on La Cloche you know other people are on the trail, but because the campsites are assigned, you don't really see people a lot. The campsites are pretty far apart, and so if somebody's hiking like just ahead of or just behind you, or even if they pass you, you don't really run into each other at the end of the day. Um, sorry, I'm just pouring water in my bottle. Here, the campsites are assigned, although they are in clusters, so... You know, theoretically, if there were other people who had reserve sites where I have, I would see them. But I think it's just a quiet time for this trail. Um, again, maybe because of the weather or, or the mosquitoes. The mosquitoes are definitely a thing. They're flying all around me, but I've already I've already put on some deet and deeted up. So <clears throat> I'll deed it up for Saturday night, as Bruce Springsteen would say. Anyway, now I'm just rambling and wasting your time, so I'm going to finish packing up and get out of here, and uh, maybe I'll record a bit from the trail today, because I it rained too much to do that yesterday. Okay, bye! Okay, so, while I am on a section of the trail that's not too demanding, And while I feel motivated, I'm going to stop here and talk some more about the trail and challenges of the trail. So, yeah, as I alluded to before, the footing is pretty technical. It's, uh, the trail is not, it's not maintained quite the same way as some trails like Sunshine Coast Trail, or I guess the PCT, which is graded for horses. This trail is really rugged. Um, so you spend a lot of mental energy just watching your footing, making sure that you're not breaking your ankle stumbling over a rock or something like that. There are some cruisy sections for sure, but I'm going to sit down here. Ugh it feels like a lot of, it kind of feels like you're constantly going up and down, even even if only for, you know, 50 feet at a time, and the grades are very steep, so it is challenging in that way, um, but it's really beautiful. You know, You you climb for 15 minutes, and then you're at the top of one of the hills looking out over the fjord and it's pretty beautiful um, and there's a lot of a lot of cool wildlife here i saw some bunnies that were i think they were actually like hares i'm not sure if there are hares in quebec but they looked they didn't look like the bunnies we have in ontario the little like fluffy ones with the with the uh i don't know short back legs um, I see something out in the water I'm wondering if it's a beluga it's like surfacing and going back down and it's white that would be exciting anyway so the trail is really beautiful but it's not without its challenges so I will address some of those challenges and how I've dealt with them I'm sure I've alluded to them up until this point Um, so one thing has been the rain I mean how do you deal with rain you wear a raincoat you wear rain pants I didn't wear rain pants I usually don't bring them I I just hike in shorts I overheat really easily so um for me actually one of the big challenges with rain is managing my own temperature and and uh and moisture and everything um because I tend to sweat I think that is a whale out there anyway um so yeah Rain. I just, you know, wore my frog togs raincoat. Um, I don't use a rain cover on my pack. I just keep everything that needs to be dry in a. That's definitely a whale. Wow, that's so cool. I finally spotted a whale. Um, I just keep everything that needs to stay dry in a trash bag. And uh, stuff that, and the trash bag also doubles as the the thing that I inflate my um, pack with. So, or my not my pack. I'm distracted by the whales. Uh, it doubles as the thing that I inflate my uh, sleeping pad with. So yeah, I keep everything in a garbage bag, stuff that in the bottom of my sack uh, or of my backpack, and uh, and anything else that needs to be dry that I'm not putting in there, like my phone or this recorder or whatever, I, um, I just put in a Ziploc bag, like in my fanny pack. So yeah, that's how I manage the rain. And I wear, you know, my raincoat and, uh, I just hike in it (laughs) until it stops. And, oh my God, I'm finally seeing whales. It's my last day on the trail and I see whales. They're white. They look so tiny from here. I don't know if they're really that small or I guess the fjord is pretty huge. Um, they just keep popping up out of the water and going back under. They're like a brilliant white color and they look very tiny from here. Um, anyway, so yeah, just, you know, wear my frog tugs. I wear minimal layers under the frog togs cause I sweat a lot. So I try not to wear anything that I'm going to want to, to be dry in later on. Cause I know it's going to get soaked from sweat anyway. Um, so yeah, I just wear like my base basic like tank top or t-shirt or whatever and uh I just walk in it and then you know when it stops I shed my layer and I yeah so that's how I dealt with the rain um the footing can be really challenging in the rain definitely especially on a trail like this where you're walking over a lot of rock and there are a lot of like slippery little bridges and ladders and things like that so um it's just a matter of being really diligent watching where you're stepping I use trekking poles like all the time I don't I don't really ever put them away I always use them and so they've saved me from slipping so many times like more more than I can I would say I don't know 50 times (laughs) over the years uh I've avoided a fall because of my like my trekking poles have helped me to avoid a fall so yeah uh you know watch the footing take your time use trekking poles um test if you're walking over like, you know, a a slab, like a sloping slippery rock, test every little foothold. That's, I mean, that's what I do anyway. So yeah, that's how I manage the rain basically. Um, yeah. And I keep my pack under my vestibule when I'm sleeping, if it's raining while I'm in my, you know, overnight. Um, or I keep it in my tent. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much that um oh I just got bit by a black fly um oh the bugs are really swarming me but I'm watching whales and I don't want to get up so I'm just gonna wave them wave at them a bunch because um, it's worth it yeah so that's rain uh another challenge <laughs> the bugs uh I don't really have a trick for that I just I've slathered myself indeed and I just keep moving if I do decide to take a break and, and it's not urgent, I'll wait until I'm somewhere where I can... Where there's a bit of a breeze. Um, stopping deep in the woods wh- where you're sort of surrounded by moisture and puddles and stuff like that, I found, is not the move. Um, so I'll try to do it on a hill where there's a breeze. Uh, however, and, and yeah, that's basically that. I wear, I wear sleeves... Um, I do keep my legs bare, so I put sunscreen wherever my skin is exposed. Um, but that brings up another thing. So, okay, so with the bugs, yeah, I'll try to, I'll usually try to stop somewhere where there's, where it's ideal, where there's a breeze, where it's open. But, um, if I'm feeling fatigue, I, I won't be picky about where I stop. So that's another, uh, challenge, I guess. So... I know it's, it's easy to feel fatigue when you're hiking, especially if you're sweating a lot, if it's really humid, if you're, you know, if you, if you're not drinking enough water or, or you're expending a lot of energy. So, um, as soon as I start to kind of stumble, as soon as I catch myself, um, stumbling or tripping over my feet or over roots or rocks or something like that, I, I stop where I am, and I, it doesn't matter how buggy it is or what the conditions are, unless it's like a, a thunderstorm, you know, a lightning storm. But I'll stop and I will drink some water, add some electrolytes to it if I haven't already, and uh, have a snack, even if I've just had lunch like an hour ago. Because, um, yeah, usually if I find myself bonking, it's because I need to eat or drink water. Um, and being able to access water from your pack without stopping is kind of a blessing and a curse because it's, it's easy to stay hydrated, but you probably don't stop as often as you should. At least I don't. So when I start to get kind of sloppy, I, I don't put it off any longer. I stop and I take a break. Um, because, you know, like on this trail, there are lots of sections where if you miss your footing... And you fall um, down like the side of a of the fjord. You could very easily break something or or sustain a head injury or worse. So yeah, you that's how I've managed fatigue. Um, navigation: the trail is pretty easy to follow. Uh, there aren't a ton of trail markers. Not as many as on a trail like. I mean, the Sunshine Coast Trail is so, so well marked. It's sort of maybe a unicorn. I don't know. Um, there are definitely sections on this trail with no markers, particularly um, going hiking. Okay, so on my second day, so between my first campsite, the Shelter of Three Cedars, and my second campsite, uh, Pierre uh, I hiked through a little village called sacre and so you get off the trail, and you're road walking, and there are not many signs. I think you road walk for several kilometers, and you maybe see like two or three signs, um, and if I hadn't had the map on my phone with GPS enabled, I would have spent a lot of time just sort of doubting where I was um, retracing my steps, being anxious and fretting, but, uh, I have the map downloaded on Avenza Maps, and I have GPS enabled, so it shows me where I am on the trail at any given time, and that's been a really big relief, so I recommend doing that, because like I said, there are lots of sections of the trail where it's very well marked, and and it's not it's not ambiguous or even if it's not sorry even if it's not well marked it's it's really obvious that you're on the trail and where the trail is headed Um, but there are definitely sections where you could very easily doubt yourself so download the Saguenay Fjord it should be called Le Le Sentier de Fjord trail uh, map and uh, if you don't have the Venza maps, get the app. I think it's free. Pretty sure it's free. Download the map, enable GPS, and then you won't have to wonder where you are. Um, what else can I say? Hmm. It's been hard for me sometimes to stay motivated. Uh, I find myself kind of, at times, not panicking, but just dreading, you know, even though I only have 15 kilometers left just like it's a long distance um because I I know what motivates me and it's other people on the trail even if we're not hiking together if I know I'm going to see them at a campsite later or 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 hiking with other people especially if we're going at our own pace kind of activates like a little bit of competitiveness like a I would say healthy competitiveness that sort of drives me to, to keep moving. And, um, when there's no one else on the trail, I'm sort of just racing against the trail, <laughs> which isn't really a healthy way to think about hiking. But yeah, but the thing is, I know that that is the reason why I'm not so motivated when I'm alone. So then I can kind of just rationalize it and accept it and deal with it so you know that's been that's been a challenge as well but uh I'm standing here on a ridge on the fjord looking at the water and watching beluga whales swim by so that's pretty cool and I didn't have to get on a plane and fly across the country or fly to the ocean to do it I drove my car here basically so that's pretty exciting. And, uh, today I'll finish, and, yeah, and then tonight I will sleep at Jacques Cartier National Park again. There are no whales there, but it is really beautiful. Oh, wow, there's so many, there's like a whole pod of them. They're just like these little white oblong shapes that surface from the water and then go back down. If they weren't so white, I'm not sure I would be able to see them, but... They're very pale. Anyway, I'm gonna put on some I'm gonna put on some more bug spray and stand here and watch these whales. And I will check back in later. Okay, so I am here with the final dispatch from my hike of the Saguenay Fjord Trail or Le Sentier Le Sentier du Fjord. Um before I get into sort of a recap of my last day on the trail and 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 kind of share my final thoughts, I just wanted to um, address a few things that I said in my last recording, uh, because I always listen to the previous recording before i I record another one. So um, what will be for you a few minutes ago uh, in in this episode? Um, there were a few things that I mentioned that I would like to sort of elaborate on a little. So, talking about navigation, I said that uh, my digital map was really indispensable, um, but I also had a physical map. And I think it's 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 smart to, you know, always hike with a physical map if you can. Um, phones break, they get lost, they, you know, you. it's very easy to brick a phone when you're out in the backcountry, so, of course, having the Avenza map was really great, um, but I also had a physical map, and, you know, walking through that town, I think, I think I could have, whoop, windy, I think I, I think I could have just consulted the physical map just as easily to um, reassure myself that I was on the trail, so. Don't underestimate the importance of physical maps. Um, I also want to clarify the, the village that I hiked through was not Sacre it was uh, L'Anse de Roche. So, yeah, just uh, Sacre Coeur is a little bit farther from the trail, it's a little more inland. Uh, so, the little village that you hike through is called L'Anse de Roche. Uh, so, L apostrophe A N S E D E space R O C H E. So that was the little village I hiked through. Um, and also, uh, I, I also want to uh, fact check my uh, translation of the name of the first shelter that I slept in. It wasn't called the Shelter of Three Cedars, but Three-Walled Shelter of Cedar. So um, I'm not sure if that means because the walls are made of cedar or because there are cedars around, but it's a three-walled shelter of cedar. So yeah. So, just clarifying those things from yesterday. So, um, well, not yesterday, from from the last recording. So, um, yeah, when I last recorded, I was uh, I was on a ridge, under some hydro lines, overlooking the fjord and and watching whales. Um, and at that point, I had I don't know, I can't remember. Maybe ten kilometers left of my hike. Um, I anticipated that day's hiking to go very slowly, because the day before, um, it took me eight hours to cover 16 kilometers, which is very, very exceptionally slow um, for me, but I think also just in general. Um, and, and it was just because you know it was, it was raining, the footing was wet, it was very technical, a lot of scrambles. I've already I've already talked at length about that, so um, I expected my final day to also you know take about that long, and and I also anticipated I knew that there would be a, a greater elevation gain on the last day, um, but spoiler alert, uh, it's another day now that that last day is done, um, and uh, and it didn't take me nearly as long to to cover that distance because on that last day the trail widened um it smoothed out the grade was was a lot more gentle um there was a lot of walking on there's a helicopter one sec oh it's not a helicopter it's a looks like a military plane like a hercules or something So um, for a lot of the last 16 kilometers of the trail as you're heading to back toward Tadoussac, the trail widens, um, it levels out, it becomes a lot smoother underfoot, it's more like gravel and soil, or, you know, packed dirt. Um, there's a lot of walking on little utility roads and, and ATV roads, um, and then there's ridge walking uh Up high out of the trees away from you know the roots and everything Uh, so it becomes a lot faster to to travel over so I got to town like I don't know three hours earlier than I expected to and that was with a, a lot of the last the last day I stopped a lot to like just take it all in enjoy the views because I knew that I was moving faster and that I could afford to stop more so yeah I really really enjoyed the last 16 kilometers or so of the trail. You see lakes, you see a waterfall, the trail widens, you hike up over the highest point on the trail. Um, It's really lovely and kind of open and breezy uh, with with gorgeous views. Um, I would say I might have been a little bit harsh (laughs) on the trail in previous recordings Um, because the, the, the sort of tricky hiking and, and the bugs, um, because it's bug season and the humidity and the rain kind of got to me, but, um, the trail really redeemed itself for me that last day. Um, and I would say that, you know, my, my issues with the trail are not like inherent to the trail. Um, and they definitely shouldn't dissuade anyone from hiking it. I would suggest maybe, you know, if you if you don't want to deal with the bugs, hike a little later in the year, um, maybe like August or September. But the trail was was really beautiful, really atmospheric. Um, It gave a lot. uh, And and I was, you know, really grateful for the time that I was able to spend on it. Um, and even the sections that were tough, it was sort of like a type 2 fun situation. It's been a couple days now. I'm back in Toronto. And, um, and the whole experience feels really positive. So, so yeah. So, I finished I, I finished the trail. I got to the 41-kilometer marker and, uh, and walked back to my car. You can park for free um, at the CPAC parking lot, basically, like, right across the road from the, like, eastern terminus of the trail, so, um, yeah, so I walked back to the car, and I got in, and I, I drove to this little restaurant, um, by the harbor, it's actually where I had my pre-hike meal as well, just because they're in such a great little spot, and, uh, oh, okay, it's Bistro de la Baille, I believe so. It's like the bistro, bistro of the bay, and it's um. Like, yeah, right, right in the harbor. It's overlooking the water. They have a really nice patio. So, I had a I had a poutine there, a proper Quebecois poutine, uh, before my hike. Ooh, Toronto sounds. And then after my hike, I had a had a tasty fish and chips with a nice Quebecois beer, and um, I found uh, everyone that I talked to in Tadousac was, was just very sweet and, and friendly and, and curious. Um, so yeah, really, really, really nice community. I, I think I got by pretty well with my Franglish and almost everyone that I encountered on this trip spoke, spoke really decent English. Um, so that said, you know, I wouldn't abuse my, my privilege as an Uh, native English speaker and only speak English I still think it's really worthwhile to to try to meet halfway Um, and yeah one um, big takeaway that I have from the hike is is just that things can change so quickly for for better or worse I was a little downhearted um, the second day of my hike just because of the rain the bugs the trail conditions um, how little ground I was covering and, and how much longer everything was taking me. Um, but then, you know, everything really changed the next day. And, and this trail was only 40 kilometers. So um, imagine these, these changes and, and things flipping um, over the course of a longer trail. You know, like it's just, you can't let um, one uh, discouraging day of, of hiking um, or experiencing a trail sort of color your opinion of the entire experience and um yeah, things can just change really quickly. And and that's something I've experienced in general backpacking. So, you know, you you have to always have perspective. Um, yeah, anyway, so I am I'm back now. Um it was a great trip. I'm so glad I did it. The Saguenay Fjord has been on my on my hiking bucket list for a few years now. Um, now i can say i've i've seen whales on two hi- on two backpacking trips on opposite ends of the country so that's pretty cool and um just like you know with the sunshine coast trail um all the people that i met in town were just so friendly and and so welcoming um so i can't say enough enough good things about Tadoussac and i don't know just uh yeah all the nice people that i met so yeah if you're considering the trail, if you're planning to be out east or in Quebec, um, and you've got, you know, 48 hours, you know, two 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 and a half or three days to hike, um, I think it's definitely worth doing. It's a really lovely trail. Anyway, I'm Megan Dallaire. This has been a special uh, road trip edition of Catch Me Outside, and uh, thank you for tuning in. I can't wait to do another one. Bye. Thank you